You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Hello, Kristen. What's happening? How are you? What's what's shaking? What's all the news? Lots of news. Lots of work being done. Yeah. Um, in effort to make news down the road. It's been a busy creative period for us. We're working on getting Galactic Pie ready. You're going all out trying to get all the pieces ready and all the little intricate details. I'm working on the soundtrack here and Hot Jupiter Sounds. It's uh it's a full-on creative blitzkrieg. We are in the thick of things and it's yeah, kind of sunrise to sunset at work right now, but it's an effort to make make a beautiful show and we've had some help along the way, yeah. some friends always pitching in as they so thoughtfully do we actually were able to skip out to cape breton for a couple of days to our dear friend rod and celestes who are helping us uh, with some woodworking and just uh, emotional support (laughs) we'll say important too yeah yeah and we're still kicking with the podcast so we are on episode 80 which feels like a milestone and so i looked up the spiritual meaning of the number eight because that's how they find them. That's how you find like the angel number they call them, where you add them all together. Eight or eighty. Well, eight plus zero is eight. So okay. if it was like eighty-one, then the number would be nine. This is my understanding, but this is what it says: Angel number eight is a symbol of financial or material success. Ah. So I think that this is a good omen for us and for today's guest. Yeah, Matt Clifford. I always only knew, knew him as Cliff. Yeah? That's what we all called him back in the three-sheet days. Well, you guys go way back, as I discovered in this chat. You've been playing music yeah. together since before you were even the town heroes. Yeah, three-sheet was on the up and up. Great local band, really unique, doing a really cool thing, making a really cool scene. And we were just going, getting going at the time, and we started playing some shows with them, and yeah, met a ton of people through that, and became friends with all the the crew in their band, and yeah, just a really good scene to be a part of. And uh, Matt Clifford or Cliff or Expedite, his uh, solo rap name, he's just a, a great guy, really talented. Like he, he's. Just you see him on stage. He's great with the crowd. His uh, his flow, as they say, is is amazing. Like his lyrics are. I, I always really appreciated their lyrics that they're just so thoughtful and, you know, just talking about issues that are really relevant today. They aren't able. You can't put them in a genre either. They kind of created their own genre. Yeah. So we're saying he's a rapper, but their band three sheet together definitely broke the boundaries of any style of music that I had ever heard before. And I really just appreciated how he, he was so welcoming of young bands like you uh, at the time. So like they would have taken you under their wing. And then as recent as this summer, we went to one of their 
kind of re what do you call that reunion reunion shows. i was gonna say revisiting shows yeah. reunion shows and yeah. it was such a blast you just really felt like you were a part of it yeah so yes. much energy we yeah Denny is his solo rap career expedite. Uh, he's he's been doing that since before Three Sheets. So, a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of work out under that name. And now mm -hmm. he's a firefighter. Like took a a turn. It's a great story to give some perspective and balance as to where your life might take you yeah and he's uh he's newly married as well yeah. so there's been a lot of wonderful changes in his life and growth and he music is still part of his soul oh for sure at heart he's uh he's all he's always going to be that that's who who he is and just being on stage entertaining is, is a part of him and he's I'm sure they'll they'll play shows till they can't anymore the mm -hmm. same way <laughs> I will, the same way lots of people will. And being a rapper actually helped him get his job as yeah. a firefighter, as you'll hear you'll in this find... conversation. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy and great chat, great to catch up. And yeah, they're uh, just he's just a cool guy, part of a cool group and doing doing awesome things. So yeah. Matt Clifford, Cliff. Or expedite, whatever you want to call him. He's just a good dude. Well, let's dive in. And thanks so much, Matt, for spending some time with us. And thanks to all of you for listening along every week. Whew. We'll get distracted because your voice is so smooth and oh. buttery. Is. I'd like to give you something just to read, to have a recording of. <laughs> uh, yeah. Read some of our book. Yeah, it's very yeah, soothing. Absolutely. If you'd like me to narrate <laughs> your book. Open any page yeah. and just read a sentence okay, or yes, two. Let's go ahead. <laughs> Every visit to New York City offers a memorable moment. The dive bar with the hundreds of bars, or bras, bars and bras, guys, you're messing me up. Uh, hanging from the ceiling, roaming around Times Square, drinking Hudson Rivers. Wow. We should have got him to nice. read the audio book, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe that could be a side hustle. You know, maybe you guys could, uh, I could put you as a reference on my resume and I could go out there looking for a, a side hustle. Every you could definitely do voice work as a side gig. I would like to do that, actually. I mean, uh, we get a lot of time off in, as firefighters, you know, three, yeah. three days off after every shift and every, every firefighter in the department is like a carpenter or like an electrician or they build houses yeah. and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I, I rap, man. <laughs> you That's do a more. good contrast. You're <laughs> yeah. well-rounded. Yeah. 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 A little bit eclectic, I would think for sure. Yeah. Not, I don't have the same kind of background as most of the guys in the job. That's yeah. for sure. Do you work the same schedule every week? It's like, I know my schedule until a day I retire. Okay. So like mm. once every four days. So like 72 hours off, 24 hours on. 72 off, 24 on. And I mean, obviously there's overtime and things like that that will jumble your uh, your schedule up yeah. if you choose to work it. But it's still, my shift is every four days. Unless I get a promotion or I take a driver's pick or something like that that will change my schedule. But if yeah. I was to just stay firefighter on the back of the truck for now for the next 20 years i i literally know my schedule for the next yeah. 20 years that's yeah. wild <laughs> no, no no look it's right here on my phone <laughs> yeah, we believe every you. every year every year see i just put that oh put so it, in the it back is of my a little graph side. there yeah, color-coded color-coded oh, graph impressive. i'm blue okay so every blue day is me and then 
how does this impact your sleep cycle to do a 24-hour shift every week? Um, like, is that just hell day for a, you, or are you used no, to it? it's hell day if all hell's breaking loose. But, I mean, for the most part, you know, you have your downtime, and you have your, your busy time. So, like, I tell a lot of people, yeah, I'm working a 24-hour shift. I'm like, oh, my God, you must be tired. And it's like, well, you know. I'm not going into the station for 24 hours, just like going from fire to fire, like <laughs> carrying people out of buildings <laughs> on my shoulders. Like, you know what I mean? We do get a lot of downtime and you know, when it's busy, it's, it, it can be, yeah, you can be tired the next day, but that's why you have three days to recover. And, mm -hmm. and other times, you know, it, it's, it's quiet and you know, you just kind of, you just kind of hang out. And, uh, and those are the good days. Cause you know, it's the weird, it's the weird conundrum. It's like, you don't wish to be busy because if you're busy, people are having a bad day so yeah you kind of if you're bored it's a good thing yeah yeah i'm sure there's lots of good times hanging with the crew there yeah a crew is a, a good crew is paramount yeah. to uh to the job because 24 hours in a station together if there's one bad apple that just kind of makes your day <laughs> miserable man yeah. you're, you're trying to get rid of that person you're like okay how do we how do we get them to go to another station? How do you get them trapped in a fire where they can't get out? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, no comment. I'll no let com you guys have a giggle over <laughs> yeah, that one. No comment. I'm groaning uh, over here. No, everybody, everybody is savable, even, <laughs> even the non-savable ones. Yeah, aren't. I'm obviously uh, joking. Yeah, no, obviously. No, it's uh, it's 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 great though. Were uh, you involved uh, with uh, anything out here? The, um, the big fire. So oddly enough, that happened on a Sunday when those fires broke out yeah. and I was off and yeah. I was like, oh man, I kind of felt guilty for being off that day. Cause yeah. you know, everybody came and was pulled out to the, to the tent telling fires. But, um, then once I came back, like the city was really busy because they were, they were putting so many, so much, uh, so many firefighters out to the fires. But yeah. at the same time. You know, they still had to staff the city. So yeah. it wasn't like every firefighter in the department was just getting sent to Tantalon every shift. Yeah. So I spent a lot of my time on shift actually just in the city working, you know, there. And there was a, the Department of Natural Resources and um, and volunteer fire department and a couple of uh, a couple of career stations as well. They were kind of yeah. like doing their jobs day to day, coming out here fighting the Tantalon fires. But so I didn't actually come to the tent. I yeah. didn't come to Tantown once, but I did go to Prospect when the Ragged Lake fire broke out on the Thursday of those fires. And then the, that same day, the WAG burnt down. Yeah. That was a big, was yeah, right. huge fire. And that was like, that was, that was a busy shift where like, yeah, that's the 24 hour shift where you're like, okay, yeah, I'm tired after that one. Yeah. So. We learned a fair bit about what else fire science i don't know like yeah. the, the function of fire during that time just from media updates and whatnot and something that really resonated with me was uh it was a chief i believe in the south shore where the shelburne fires were prominent mm -hmm. and people were kind of looking for well why aren't they bringing more resources in and he pointed out that you can't just flood fires with other human bodies that are fighting it because then it becomes a logistical problem yeah, absolutely. And I thought that was such a good, it, it's a simple correction mm. for him to have made, but I'd love to hear just more of your perspective from lived experience on like, yeah, you can't just put a bunch of bodies in there and that's going to no, solve the I problem. Mean, well, yeah, I mean, like, look, we're in the city, we're structure firefighters, really, for the most part. We get wildland firefighting training to like 
um, I'll say a minimum because you know that's not what we do. So like the Tantalan fires, they were they were run by uh, the Department of Natural Resources. They're the wildland firefighters, and then we offer our support. But when you talk about like the Shelburne fires, those those are down in you know southwestern Nova Scotia. There's not a lot of career firefighters down there. Not, not a lot of departments to to add resources. So you can't. Uh, I mean, it's it's difficult to fight those fires because there's not enough manpower. But like, even if there was work power, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, even if there even if there was, yet yeah, uh, those they're burning so quick and fast, like you they're very hard hard to gauge and you can't just throw a bunch of of people in there because it's it's very dangerous environment and um as we can as we know from the fires out west this year like uh i mean they're they're a handful of firefighters that lost their lives out there fighting the wildland firefighters yeah. so yeah it's not like game of thrones when they just decide to lay all the dead bodies on on the burning <laughs> you can't just like <laughs> snuff fires out with 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 it's and there's not enough water i mean where yeah. are you getting your water from it's there's no hydrants you're not hooking up the hydrants out there you're getting helicopters that are dumping a little bit of water at a time yeah. and um so i'm sure they could have used more people for sure um i don't think i don't think they had enough so uh, they just didn't have enough people to fight that fire down there in Shelburne. And it's, that's a sparse community down there. Mm. Um, and you can't just pull a bunch of people from Halifax or from the other surrounding areas because those places need protection too. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, of a, it's a tricky problem. And sometimes you just, you got to let it burn. Mm -hmm. uh, controlled though. I mean, like, mm -hmm. you know, they'll do things like backburn or they'll do things like, yeah, I don't know. Backburning is like strategically burning an area where you know the fire's headed. And then once it gets there, it's got nothing to burn. So it like, mm. it can't continue on burning. So you have to be a little bit more strategic when you have less bodies. Cause yeah, you can't have a, a like a, a Shelburne wildfire and then just send, okay, send 2000 people down there. Right. <laughs> That's just, yeah, it's, it's impossible to mm. do that. So we also learned that it can jump yeah, water. so if you take a drive down Hammonds Plains Road, you can you you can jump across the street. You can jump water as well, but I mean those conditions for those wildfires, it was like, uh, it was so dry and so windy. Yeah, and I mean that's why they're like cigarette butts out the window. Don't do any of that. Like one little spark, and fires were igniting. So mm. like take a drive down Hammonds Plains Road, and you, you can see the trees burning on the right, and then like you driving down the road, and then at one point it's all of a sudden the trees are burnt on the left and you can almost like see where the fire jumped across yeah. the road. Mm -hmm. And I mean, dry, windy conditions. I mean, that, that is a fire's best friend. There's, well, there's it no jumped way. the lake, Stillwater Lake. Like that's a pretty significant size. Yeah. Too. Well, I mean, like think about it. You get these embers that are burning yeah. uh, and the trees are burning up high uh, and one just gets carried in the wind. I mean, the wind's not going to necessarily put it out and it doesn't take long for that ember to go get blown across yeah. and it lands and it's hot and it, and it lands into some dry brush and some dry yeah. leaves. And next thing you know, you got a little fire there. And that's, that's basically the story of the Tantalum fires and, yeah. and the Shelburne fires. Cause they were all happening and caused by those conditions that were going on those super dry, windy conditions and things were just going crazy like no leaves out yet either yeah like, no exactly there was just, uh, and it then was, it rained for four months yeah <laughs> yeah we don't we got <laughs> it was almost like okay we're good we're good <laughs> like the fire's out now you can stop <laughs> raining and then the floods happened it was almost like yeah. 
like the uh, iron irony irony tragedies coming around this year. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna burn Nova Scotia. Just kidding, we're gonna flood it. Just kidding, we're gonna give it a hurricane. Just yeah. like <laughs> we're, we're resilient here, yeah. though, oh, right? Well, we can. We have no choice now. Listen, <laughs> yeah. we know how to take a beating. <laughs> yeah. What other tasks do you have in firefighting aside from fighting fire? Uh, I mop floors. I clean bathrooms. I cook for my crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it, it it is. You know, the fire department is the response to everything. I mean, the only we don't respond to crime necessarily. So, like, you know, if the cops have a shooter somewhere, you know, they're not sending the fire department unless they needed water for some reason or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, car accidents, medical situations, yeah. um, fires, obviously. Um, anything that is kind of like any, any sort of emergency minus, you know, crime. And, and do if, you know what you're getting yourself into when you get that call? Yeah. Well, I mean, the call will come through. It'll be like dispatch, uh, 15, uh, we've got a car accident on the, on the, on the circ yeah. head on collision at near exit six, whatever. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll pull that through the station. And then you get in the truck, and then while you're on the truck responding to the emergency, dispatch is still coming through the truck. Okay. And they're giving you updates as they get it, so they can they can say, "Hey, yeah, caller just said that uh, everybody's out of the car, and you know, no one's complaining of any injuries or things like that." And you get those kind of updates as you're going. Yeah. So you you know a bit, but you don't always know everything. That's for sure. Sometimes you get surprised. I always wanted to do volunteer firefighting. If I could only fight fires, like I, I would not want yeah. to go to the car accidents and all that. No, I know that's the thing. Give me a hose and I'll go to town all day. I'll tell you but, what, as a as a volunteer firefighter, you probably could because maybe. you choose to respond. Like you yeah. get you get paged and you're like, mm, I'm going or I'm not going. Yeah. As a career firefighter, you know you're you're going. Yeah. And you don't have a choice. So maybe maybe you should just. You feel like you'd be letting the team down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You wouldn't. You wouldn't exactly get a good reputation (laughs) if you're like, "Ah, ah, we're going to a medical. Mike's not going to respond because it's a, it's not, it's not, it's not a house fire. Princess Mike, the car accident. Mike only responds to like. (laughs) But there's got to be some scenario where that is okay. Maybe I should look a little harder into it. Search and rescue, maybe. I guess that's not firefighting, but. Maybe, yeah, maybe there's even more. A lot of firefighters do search and rescue, too, though. That's yeah. that's kind of like you yeah. know they like to do that stuff. It's uh, I'm not on any search and rescue team, but uh, I do know that some people are really into that. Yeah. Did you have that same feeling before getting into firefighting that you were attracted to that as a career, or what sort of pardon mm. the pun sparked the interest? Yeah. Um. I mean, I'll be uh, honest. Like I. I wasn't like a little kid saying I'm going to grow up and be a firefighter like that. Just it was. It wasn't one of those guys. I was, uh, you know, I went to university. I got into the music thing. Mm-hmm. Um, did the band, you know, for a better part of a decade, and um, and I ended up working out west. I even went to the Sands and worked in Alberta, you know. And I just I, I got laid off from out there when oil crashed in 2015. I came home to Halifax, and for the first time in like over 10 years the fire department was hiring and i mean i always like to like exercise a bit and you know some friends brought it to my attention they're like hey the fire department's hiring maybe you should look into that you mm-hmm. seem like you might be a good fit for that and, excuse me <laughs> i said uh i said yeah you know what like i i was like i really do think that 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 would be something i'd really i'd really be into and uh so i just applied and it's a very it's an intense recruit process like you got to go in you apply with 
everybody else, thousands of people, and then mm-hmm. you got to write a test and then make a cut there. And then once those that pass the test got to go to the physical and you got to make a cut there. And those that pass the physical got to go to the interview. So, um, I was like, I was unemployed and I was, I was collecting EI as every maritimer should do at least getting once the in the yeah, riding that, the pogey train riding the pogey train some would say that i've made it at that point but it was, it <laughs> yeah. was, it was, it was gonna run out <laughs> yeah and uh so i had all the time in the world to really focus on the on the recruit process it yeah. wasn't like i mean there i wasn't necessarily like that much better than everyone else that applied but like people that were applying were super busy they have kids they have full-time jobs mm-hmm. they have all these things and i was just sitting in my apartment like I'm getting this job. Like yeah. I'm going to get this career. And just like, I was able to focus on the exam and focus on the physical and I was able to make it through and, and, and get hired. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't see it now happening any differently for me. Like the, this is like, I love it. It is, it is now like my life, but I mean, yeah, I would, there it was not, it was not premeditated. It was not like, it was just mm. an opportunity I saw that was like, Oh yeah, no, I, I should do that. And yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and that, that kind of pisses some people off that have been trying to be one for a long time. It's like, well, I, ha- I have no right. Cause I don't need, I didn't even have my level one. I didn't go to fire school. So mm-hmm. that might be a, a bit of a sore spot for some people, but like, well, you went through the process like everybody else. Process. I mean, you... I was literally with a guy in the gym one day and I, like, we were getting ready to write the test and he's like, oh man, it's just an aptitude test. You don't need to study for that. You just got to go in there. Like, don't study too hard for that. I'm like, thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like I'm, I'm studying like every day, yeah. like try, cause you don't get a calculator. I'm looking up YouTube videos, like grade six teachers teaching me how to do long division. You don't get, <laughs> like, I forgot how to do long division. Yeah. I have a science degree and I had a graphics calculator the whole time. I forgot yeah. how to do long division. So yeah. little things like that to sharpen up and I had the time to do it. So mm. it was just time and effort. And yeah, I was able to able to get it on I mean, I mean i i couldn't be happier do you get a, a manual like you would uh studying for a driver's test kind of thing yeah they'll for the aptitude test yeah they'll they'll say hey we're gonna we're gonna send you a a little a, a test of practice questions and then these are the kinds of questions you can expect on the test mm-hmm. so and they give you super easy ones mm-hmm. as the practice ones and then you write the actual test and it's build your confidence a little bit a little bit harder than, yeah and than, than the practice ones they give you but you know if you look at it and you study it and you know you you look up the materials they give you yeah you can you can go into it knowing what to expect for sure but a lot of people i mean don't i mean three thousand people applied i I think maybe 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 a thousand knew what they were even getting into because they just showed up and they just showed up to write the test and And how many did they hire from that pool uh about 65 wow good for you about 65 i think was this yeah, it's, I'd say one, two, I, there was like one, two, three, four, four class. Yeah, so maybe about 80, 80, yeah, four classes of 20. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let me do my, see that? See that? See that math I just did right there? Gee, I can thank that. Who prepared. needs a calculator? Yeah, who needs a calculator? Man? Four <laughs> He's times, counting on his fingers. Now. Four times 20, four times 20. Yeah, I just, I actually brought my calculator. I just, I just did that on my phone. So we'll we'll talk a little bit more about firefighting just because it is so fascinating and want to yeah. see how this relates to, uh, to, to your earlier music career but let's let's bring this back because yeah i met you through music like that's, that's right. how i've known you for years for, for a long time man 
We we played a million shows together back in the day. Yeah. The Elephant and Castle, the Underground. Just, That's right. That was back back in the day. You were holding up grants. Yeah, very early on, we weren't even called to town heroes. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you were holding up grants, and we, uh, you guys, were building a little scene there. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, man. That was that. Those were fun years, right there. Yeah. The, the the genesis of all of that, because it was yeah. like I was I was doing you know rap and hip hop. Uh, well, before three sheet, well before yep. three sheet, I have an album out before three sheet ever yep. happened. And um, by the way, the name of the band's three sheet that we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. So like you know, start the band, and I just didn't want to be a rapper on stage with the DJ anymore. Just rapping to beats because it was like it's 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 a beat is has walls, and it, the BPM doesn't change. And when you're playing with musicians, like you can the tempo, you can yeah. go together up and down. So anyway, yeah, I we started three sheet, and we just kind of like. We just kind of were like, how are we going to do this? Because we had a beatboxer and man, you know, not having a drum kit was really, made us really flexible. So we were like, how are we going to, how are we going to get around here? And we're like, look, there's a bunch of like, Halifax was rocking with open mics back in the, in the Mm -hmm. 2008, 2009, 2010, man, you could find an open mic Tuesday through to Saturday. That was actually pretty well attended. Yeah. You know? So we're like, let's just go rock open mics all week long, every week. Until we found the Elephant Castle. Yeah. And Peter Bayless, who owned the Elephant Castle. Yeah. Was like, man, you guys are good. Do you want to be like, you know, our host band? We we're like, hell yeah, we do. And then so we just started playing there exclusively yeah. on Thursdays for the open mics. And then he was eventually like, you know what, man, screw the open mic. You guys just take the night and you guys start bringing in bands that yeah. you want to play with. And then... We know that we were hanging out with you guys, and I think every second Thursday we were pretty. We'd go, we'd find another band, and then we'd be like, "Okay, let's get holding up grants." Yeah, All right, let's go find another band. Okay, holding up grants are town heroes now. Let's let's get them again. Yeah. Their new band name, and uh, yeah, man, it's like sixty three Thursdays in a row, just just playing that, just you know, raw every Thursday, and then and then we we're like, okay, well, we want to start playing weekends now, and then you had to put the 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 weekly thing to bed. And uh, start trying to get to the bigger gigs, you know, the quote unquote. But those those Thursday gigs, the Elephant Castle, every week, that was like the ultimate preparation. It like was learning yeah. so much about how to perform and how to entertain. And yeah, absolutely. And like, and my one of my favorite things was how you you guys were a hip hop band. Is that what you, how you describe yourself? Absolutely, yeah. Because uh, I mean, you could say we're genre bending. Okay, yeah, we're yeah. like alternative in a way, yeah. but like as, as a lead MC, I'm, I'm a hip hop artist. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a rapper, right? And yeah. I'm, I'm the one uh, delivering the vocals. And then EMC, who was also a rapper, but obviously was renowned for his beatboxing like, skills. The, like best beatboxer the, the best beatboxer alive. alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was a beatboxer. So you take the MC, you take the beatbox. I mean, yeah, we were a hip hop band and then Vanessa adding vocals and Ryan and Kevin, the guitarist and the bassist were by, like, they did not have hip hop backgrounds whatsoever, but they were able to like, once EMC starts rocking his beatbox and they could play to the beatbox, it just sounded good. Like, like, okay, yeah, this is good. So, um, yeah, definitely a hip hop band, but you could say genre bending. You could also say alternative and it it wouldn't bother us because like, look, hip hop stations really wouldn't play us. But neither would rock stations. So mm-hmm. we, even though it was unique, we find ourselves on an island. Like, where do we, where do we go? <laughs> well, you're you're playing all these shows and you're getting like 
rock bands like us. Like, yeah, it, absolutely. It was just the lineups were diverse. Absolutely. That and that was the other thing, like, eclectic, very like yeah. Because it was just like yeah, and we learned a lot that way. Like yeah, from all of the the range of talent of the people that we worked with, it was um very eye opening. And like yeah. you know, playing with bands that were just like greater than you you're just like holy cow like these guys are good like now i know like the how good you have to be to sound good so like it's, yeah. it's nice and it was very it was, it was very good to have have that range because i look a lot of, like i love hip-hop but i mean there was like hip-hop shows you're a hip-hop guy you play hip-hop shows you play yeah. a hip-hop artist and that that just just doesn't seem like the right approach like open up open up your you know open up your eyes and your arms a little bit and just like you know we were even playing with some of the metal bands yeah you know we had some metal shows yeah and we had one we had one guy in there one night he had he had like hair down to his waist leather jackets mm -hmm. man and he was headbanging to our music yeah. and we we're like you know what man that's actually pretty goddamn cool i yeah. like that that's that's when you feel like you start reaching a, a broader audience you know because it was nice to have your heads out and you know they're head bopping to your stuff but like you reach as a hip-hop band you reach a metalhead guy that headbangs your stuff you're like yeah. man we're doing something right yeah this is cool this is cool today's episode is brought to you by the amazing wilson's coastal club this resort has eight cottages ranging from bachelor to three bedroom units so you can take the whole family along including your fur babies dogs are welcome Mallory and Kyle, the owners, are two awesome people who have created the perfect getaway for you. And we've stayed there ourselves and, you know, we felt like two little kids on vacation. This hidden gem is right on the ocean. They've got a private beach with loungers for all of their guests, e-bikes, and all of the water sports like stand-up paddle boards, kayaking, swimming, and the ambient sound of the waves. A lot of wildlife there too. Loons. Ducks. Seals. Cranes. Deer. Bunnies. And more bunnies! Woo! <laughs> As if this place wasn't awesome enough, Enough, they're also offering fitness classes on the beach, wellness retreats, and meditation workshops. Wilson's Coastal Club is open all year round. And if you're worried about the Nova Scotia winter nipping at your nose, don't fret, they've got you covered. They're offering Canadian-made cedar wood-fired hot tubs and oceanfront 10-foot red cedar panoramic view barrel saunas coming this fall. Located at 7532 St. Margaret's Bay Road in Bootlears Point, Nova Scotia, you can book your stay at wilsonscoastalclub.com. And if you book before October 30th and use the discount code Mike and Kristen, you'll receive 15% off your stay. Woo! Private beach! Bonfires! Whoa, good times in the maritime! S'mores! Woo! It's a really unique identity that you guys had for that reason. And yeah. and probably harder at that time to kind of trailblaze a little bit because Absolutely. like you're saying, you're kind of crossed all these multi-genre pathways which now i would argue is more common like you'll see a lot of bands describe themselves yeah. as like we have these seven adjectives that yeah, yeah, <laughs> describe absolutely. our music yeah but you guys were kind of doing that before everybody else was i guess i'll say yeah i like we were we were ahead of the curve a little bit on that and you know we take pride in that a bit like because we yeah we we felt like hey man like let's let's uh let's do something different but i mean look my favorite band the roots 
they were put they put out do you want more in 1993 well you know my favorite mc black thought who leads the roots as the mc yeah uh they were doing that in 1993 and then they put another album on and another album and another album and another album but all the way up to 2008 and 9 and no one else still hadn't even put out another live hip-hop band really mm -hmm. for the most part you consider Beastie Boys, they'd be a live hip hop band. And there's a couple here and there, but I was like, why is this not a thing yet? Like, mm. like this should be like the forefront. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, we did. And so we, we, we thought it was, it was a bit ahead of the curve. And also like, I thought of that. I was like, man, like, do, do you remember that, like that Wu-Tang Rage Against the Machine tour? I was like, man, that was a cool, that was a cool tour. That was mm. like, Rage was pretty hard. And like, you know, Wu-Tang was super hip hop. And I was like, that was that was a good combo. So it was like, you know, we don't need we we'll play with rappers sometimes, but we'll play with holding up grants and town heroes, yeah. you know. We'll and we'll go. We'll we'll even go and we'll play with some of the with the punk guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was yeah. We did feel a bit ahead of the curve, but then after that, we did start seeing like you know, all of a sudden there come other MCs are popping up with bands, and <laughs> yeah. they're playing on the, the diverse bills, and it's like, yeah, it's like you like to feel like you were a part of that you tried to like you, you were a part of that movement in the way that that happened but you I mean, led the that, that's, that was the way i think that that it was the world it was trending that way in, in no matter what but if it does it's not it's satisfying to have done it early on yeah, yeah. it's the kind of niche that i have found a lot of artists strive for but it's yeah. hard to do organically because you're trying yeah. to set yourself apart yeah you guys kind of were like let's just be ourselves and it doesn't yeah. matter that we don't really fit in any of these boxes mm. yeah so let's let's look at an oxymoron almost like trying yeah. to be organic because yeah. like you can't organic is organic if you're trying to be organic it's inorganic like you know i don't know exactly it you know what i mean like it has to it has to organic has to come naturally but it's where mm -hmm. we all want to be as creative yeah, people for sure we all want to yeah absolutely we want to be yeah unique and and you know our own thing and you know one day it'll, our our art will be recognized to the mm -hmm. world and you know just live this we all have those nice fantasies you know but uh you know as long as we make an impact on our our local level, I feel pretty satisfied with that. Yeah. Do you think part of what made you so unique is that it's five people with all their individual influences 100, shining? One hundred percent. It was yeah. about the team that was built. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like any one of like it was. We were a perfect team, and that was just it. And I mean, I was like a devoted MC. EMC was an amazing beatboxer. Ryan. Yeah dedicated guitar player kevin was just one of these natural genius bass players that yeah. just unorthodox he would even forget how to play songs sometimes but you just put the bass in his hands and now he, all of a sudden you just start slapping and it sounds amazing <laughs> vanessa with the pipes you know what i mean yeah. everyone and a lot of people have said that at our, at our shows they were like man like every single one of you guys do like because you, you pass it around you like you pass it yeah. around, like, guitar solo a beatbox rap solo vanessa goes up on a pipe for her sling and we just kind of pass around and yeah it just the cohesiveness when it all came together that was very important and it couldn't have happened that way if it had to been any other member yeah. you know it had to be mm -hmm. that team at that time and just the way it was and so we were we were all like best friends too so that yeah. helped you know what i mean it wasn't like all hired guns like yeah. just go find the best rapper, the best guitar player and the best bassist in the city and put them in a room and see if they can make a song together. Like, no, it was like, it was built on friendship, yeah. trust, devotion. It was, it was, it was fun.
And luckily, that, you all just happen to be the best at what you do. We were, <laughs> we were, we were definitely good enough to to make it, you know, seamless at what we did, and it, it took a lot of work. It wasn't, you know, it, it, like you said, like those three sheet Thursdays. Like we were just greasing the engine, yeah, day after day, week after week, and by, yeah, by by the end of all that, man, we were like, we were yeah, rocking tight. a pretty tight set. Yeah. It was nice. It was nice to rock a nice tight set and just like you know have people like come to you after, but man, that blew my mind yeah. you know this that's like okay cool like i forget where we're even getting paid for this gig but that was that was what i was looking for yeah. was someone coming up after being like man that that hit me and then that's what i think what the artist really wants is like yeah that hit me yeah someone's kind of say man your art just moved me that's like the ultimate payment for the artist that, that really totally want, you know what i mean <laughs> we all like money don't get me wrong we're not <laughs> ultra we need the paydays but i mean that is really what you're looking for is like the the uh, approval and the the love so 63 thursdays in a row yeah you started opening up to some bigger shows yeah little touring little touring what yeah. was what was your mindset that when as as a collective group when when you started that well i mean we were like yeah we need to put to bed this weekly gig like we feel like we're good enough now to like start getting into the weekends and getting yeah. into like you know the prime locations in halifax would have been marquee ballroom seahorse we were never playing those on the come up because we were we were every thursday at the elephant castle so oversaturation is a real thing and we were already playing once a week every Thursday. So mm -hmm. our, our mindset was like, yeah, okay. So like, and I mean, at the time there was Slow Coaster, Jimmy Swift Band and all those kind of bigger regional names at the time. Yeah. So we were like, yeah, let's get on some bills with them. Let's start applying to these, you know, Music Nova Scotia, ECMAs and yeah. seeing what we can do. And then we did that. And, you know, we ended up getting, you know, the new artist of the year, digital artist of the year, hip hop yeah. recording of the year. And then the year after that, got the entertainer of the year. And yeah. That was our mindset was like, let's try and let's, let's try and make it like, we want to make it. We think yeah. we can make it, but we, unfortunately, I don't think that like our shows were good enough to make it, but we were never able to, um, quite deliver on our recorded material. So that meant that we couldn't get our stuff out across the nation on radio. We just, because it's such a unique combination, we just didn't know how to record it. Like, how do you capture this? Mm -hmm. You know, like, how do you, how do you get a beatbox to sound like either a drum kit in a studio and make it thump? Mm -hmm. um, there was real, all kinds of hurdles. And we went through three albums, still struggling after the third album uh, to try and really make it hit. But EMC is also a producer, the beatboxer, um, naturally. You know, he's a very good producer because he does, does beats out of his head. He can obviously learn how to do them on a computer. Yeah. And uh, so now we're, uh, he's, he's, he's spent the last couple of years reworking all, all of our three albums and he's got 33 songs that he's releasing on our three sheet, resheet legacy album. Yes. One song coming out every Thursday for the next 31 uh, Thursdays because two are out already. So you can just go onto YouTube, search uh, three sheet, resheet, uh, EMC uh, has a, has a YouTube page, subscribe, follow. And every Thursday you can hear one of our newly digitally remastered there's a couple of new songs that we wrote and recorded but most of them are digitally remastered songs that he reworked and they sound a lot better so we're we're a little satisfied like that because it is our legacy and it, it does it was always that that thorn in our side that we like man we had such a good run but we just can't feel 
we were proud of our music, but we didn't feel that proud of like the recordings that we left behind because it just, we couldn't get, we couldn't nail it. So, um, this, this new set of tracks coming out, uh, the EMC has just done, spent countless hours, uh, reworking, um, do it a little bit more justice. So nice. if for some reason you've heard of us before and felt the same way about our recorded music, I encourage you to go check out <laughs> EMC's newly re-digitally mastered. Are they going to be on Spotify and stuff? Yeah, they'll yeah. be on that. I think vol- volume one's already up on Spotify. There's okay, a, there's three volumes as far as, yeah. as uh, the digital release. Yeah. Volume one's out. Each tra- each Each volume is 11 tracks. So volume one, two, and three add up to 33 tracks naturally. And, calculator out again. Oh uh, yeah, see that? See how we do that? Uh, his mathematical genius at work. But uh, yeah, three albums, three volumes, thirty-three tracks, and uh, every Thursday he's going to be releasing them. So we got we, we have volume one out right now on Spotify, and it's on it's on all digital media platforms. Uh, and volume two and volume three, I think those two will be available after this little YouTube saga that mm. we're doing because EMC's. Uh, releasing one track every Thursday, which is a throwback to three sheet yeah, Thursdays. Right? I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's so great. It's going to be fun. It's and fun. I can yeah. understand having seen your live performance and mm. how just, I, I mean, it's hard to find the right words, but I, I can appreciate how seeing you live and the talent that's seen in that environment would be hard to translate to recorded album. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was super hard. I'm like, we were recording our mm-hmm. second album in Sonic Temple on a $13,000 microphone. And like, you know, we had engineers, guys that were recording some of the big shots, you know what I mean? And it was just, they had never seen that before either. So yeah. it's like you'd take any en- any studio engineer, but I mean, he could be the he could be Rick Rubin, but how, what the hell do you do with this beatbox, man? How do you yeah. make that work with this guitar? And yeah, and you know, we're on timeline constraints for us because we only have so much time that we can afford to have the studio for. So yeah, yeah, eventually, you just got to accept what you got and then try and mix it down and master it as best you can. But I mean, it was never like. Yeah is mind blowing as we felt that, sh- that the shows were cause the shows were like, yes, the yeah. show, the show that was our bread and butter. Um, I've had this challenge even as a painter, mm. because one of my only ways of showcasing what I do is taking photographs and posting them online, a yes. website or social media, whatever. And often when people will come to a show in person, they'll be like, Oh, this is way better, cooler right. than this photo. And yeah. it's kind of this bittersweet feeling of, I'm glad yeah. it's not worse yeah. But it's also really hard to communicate or showcase what I actually do. Absolutely, yeah, I know you get, <laughs> but it's it's so, it's still so satisfying that people like you know I don't know it, it's 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 tough, it, but we we're appreciated at all. It's happy. So I mean, with with your painting or with with our recorded music, like it's like, well, at least at least we were able to get some love out there but yeah, yeah i mean no uh most artists i don't think are seen for what they really can what they really can do like what, what maybe we all just feel that way but ourselves. yeah well there goes that goes back <laughs> that brings it back to the hey we all think like in our own heads that we're just like going to be like realized for what we are one day yes. the genius that is the woe that is like you know the the art that we try and do but i mean that um it's you know i think we're all putting ourselves on a platter and we're all vulnerable and we all just want to be loved 
and appreciated mm-hmm. and are, are respected in whatever form, whether it's lyrics on a page or a painting on a canvas or shredding a guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's important to feel like uh, validated. Yeah. Yes. And then sometimes, you know, you, you, when you miss the mark and, you know, we don't become Neil Young and you don't become Picasso and we don't come like, you know, it's okay. Like mm-hmm. you still did a good job. Like mm-hmm. it's all right, people. That's just, but you know, I always joke like with my fire crew, like, I'm like, man, boys, if I do ever like tragically die in a fire, like you realize, uh, my music's going to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the tragic there. It's like, maybe, yeah. I, maybe, man, that's a strategy right there. Like, okay. <laughs> like, it's a shame that that's the other thing. Like the, these, these, uh, this recognition that like once we all inevitably pass on, like you, you think, Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe then, maybe then I'll be finally recognized. Yeah. Like it's, it's like this mango, uh, morbid, morbid, mm. like, road to uh more morbid road to um recognition <laughs> one day one day i will be recognized all i got to do is just die tragically like nirvana or tupac or biggie or like anybody that is an artist all the 27 club or all the 25 yeah. club and hip-hop i mean not they were famous to start with but i mean after after they were dead and gone it was like but that's uh I guess that's being recognized on a like global level. Like sure. obviously you're recognized and respected very much by uh by our UPS delivery guy who just rang the doorbell. Oh yeah, but, he came uh, to, he he came to see see the podcast, right? He's not just yeah. the He's podcast. our next guest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you mentioned earlier that three sheet was close to making it. Yeah. Said. What yeah. what what is making it or what was making it that you guys had in your, your I think, sights? I think like, I think like once we started getting offered, like, you know, the gigs that were like new year's, new year's Eve down in parade square with like, you know, with the bigger bands, yeah. uh, with like other famous people or, you know, and, and there was televised, um, like getting guy like Hoxie workman, if I said that name correctly, I don't know. he was yeah. tweeting about us when we were going to Toronto saying that how, how, how awesome he thought that we were. And like, we were getting, we were getting, you know, offered good money for important big shows. And then we played the tour tech and we opened up for sweet ballroom blitz, ballroom blitz. Like, yeah. We opened up for those guys, <laughs> you know, the Wayne's world song. And yeah. So like we were getting like our gigs started to get big and we were playing on bills that we thought were like pretty cool and we went to taiwan and we toured there with a famous taiwanese band on, yeah. on a tour bus and it was like man that felt pretty cool like it was like and we were we were well received there and we went to new york and we were well received there and everywhere yeah. we were going we were very well received so we were on the uh on the up there but like once again fell flat with the releases and it was like heartbreaking in a way mm-hmm. because it's, the people that saw our shows are like, man, yeah, like you guys were really good, but like the with the the releases falling like a bit flat was like the people that knew they were like, man, yeah, you guys get like would love to show, yeah, like your your recordings don't do you guys justice, man. Like your your show is unreal, um, but yeah, it's all right. I tell I tell everybody, it's like yeah, I tell everybody, yeah. You just got to go see the live show. You just got to, and so because of that, like we were always pretty well attended for our live shows. Yeah. Um, and people because it was there was a good reputation there, but 
yeah, um, we can never say, hey, we, that's a hit right there. Some of the songs were good. CBC mm -hmm. threw us in rotation quite a bit. We had, you know, the lounging song and we had another track called The Bears and Stamina, a few, a few tracks that, you know, did pretty well online and, yeah. you know, CBC would play it. And, but yeah, um, the, the closest we came to making it was through the live show, not like, I mean, but that's the reverse of some other bands. Like some, some, totally. some like amazing recording artists that are just like record these beautiful songs yeah. are cripplingly shy and yeah. they, they can't really play that much live. So it's like, yeah. we were like rare and the, we were the opposite of that. It was like, yeah. um, we weren't like the excellent recording artists that like, man, they don't sound anything like they do on their record. Like, no, like it was more like, you know, their record doesn't sound anything like their live show. Mm. Like, you know, it was just the, the inverse of the usual struggle of the artist. It's like a good recording artist, but Hey, it's all good. The new stuff that uh, EMC is uh, releasing, uh, well, that you guys are releasing. That yeah, yeah, no, he's worked they, on. He's he, he did all the work on it. I, I mean, yeah. we went out and re-recorded a few things here and there. Yeah, but I mean, that's uh, that that's his baby. He did all the work on that. So how did he like put in samples and stuff, or what did he do different? No, no, uh, no still no samples. That yeah. was one of our no samples, no synthesized drums, strictly yeah. live boat beatbox instrumentation and vocalization. Yes, uh, you are. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, he may have thrown like a, uh, but he was saying, look, man, he had a, he had a, he had a, an archive of all these little recordings from like, he, our little recorder that we'd always record all of our jams. Every week we were recording our jams on these little things. And we, he had, we have this hard drive and he just, he was sampling from our own stuff. He was sampling Ryan or Kevin. He'd be like, oh man, there's a cool little lick that Ryan did that never saw the light of day, but that sounds good. Mm -hmm. So he would sample us on stuff that had never been out before, but he was, we were sampling, he was sampling ourselves, yeah. which was kind of cool. Um, I mean, he may have thrown, I don't know. I can't remember if he threw in a, a weird like vocal sample from another MC or something like that. Like, you know, but, uh, for the most part, no, like nothing was musically sampled besides for, yeah. Like those unheard recordings. It's just his skill sets probably better to be able to capture what, what you're doing in a. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. His skill set's better, uh, like as an engineer for sure, yeah. and like you know, and I mean, and producers and engineers in hip hop, like they spot a good sample, and they make a dope beat out of it. Like that's what you do. Mm -hmm. So with EMC, I mean, he was able to just kind of like he he he's making a bunch of other songs and projects where he's like he's sampling an entire movie and basing an album off a movie where there's all every every beat on the album is is a sample from the movie. So it's not to say there's not sampling things that don't already exist out there, but with the three sheet project, the samples were not needed. Like mm -hmm. why, why go sample this guitar? And then if it got really well known, get sued for it, <laughs> just, you know, just avoid that mess mm -hmm. and just, you know, keep it in house. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. For him to be able to spot a little, a little, just imagine, you know, you got you and you know you and Bruce are just sitting there jamming, and you know how many who who knows how many things when you guys are in your creation mode. Yeah. If you had a little a little fly on the wall recording everything, and then just someone comes along and listens to all the little things, that you're like, does this work? Does this work? Yeah. Does this work? And then someone's just picking that, being like, that works right there. And then they make an, a dope hip hop beat out of it. Yeah. And like Ryan and Kevin had no idea. They're like, man, I I don't even remember playing that. And then EMC yeah. just makes this beat out of it. And it's like, oh, I forgot that I even played that. So it's, mm -hmm. it's cool. 
it's cool that uh, he's able to do that. So I mean, yeah, his skill set is, um, uh, it's it's grown astronomically. Yeah, from, from this, just the sheer amount of hours put into it. Yeah. Is it common in the music industry to have that person be the fly on the wall? Like to be totally separate from the pre-existing creative process to come in and be like... Well, yeah. I mean, the producer would... I mean, usually the producer should be, I think, the fly on the wall. Right. I mean, you get like a band together and then you hire the producer and the producer sits back and listens to your songs and then he comes in and he says, okay, look, that sounds good. That sounds good. Put a hook here. Let me change your chorus. I don't know. Um, so they're supposed to kind of discreetly they listen to your music and and then offer suggestions to tighten okay. it up make it more marketable or whatever whatever you're trying to do with it but um you get a guy like emc i mean he's not a he he wasn't a we, none of us were flies on the wall at the time he's a fly on the wall of all the recordings so he's just sitting there going through hours and hours of just like boring jam sessions where like <laughs> We're just sitting there talking about ideas or this or that and anything. But then like in the middle of a, a sentence, like Ryan goes, wait, 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 wait. Like, what, what was that? What was that? And then he'll just like snip that out, pull it in, pull up the, pull up the, uh, whatever program he's using and start, start launching the, the drums behind it and <laughs> just make a beat out of it. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, go subscribe to the channel <laughs> yeah. and have a, have a listen. Yeah. That's pretty cool to be able to look back on what you've created over a period of time, a number of years ago, and be able to get yeah. those little snippets there. It's kind of like a old diary coming it to is. life. Yeah, a permanently recorded diary that you yeah. can't erase even if you wanted to. What else did he find? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, some... Yeah, he found some... Like on the newest one that just came out last Thursday, he put a little snippet of, of me in there at the end. It's very... I won't say it on the podcast, but it's... It's a funny quote, but it's, it's, uh, I was like, man, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> I was just doing like some newscast and I was like, this just in, you're all going to F and die. It was like, <laughs> some like, cause news was so morbid. It's like every time you turn on the news, you're like, oh, tragedy, tragedy. I was just doing like a little bit on a news clip, but I don't remember doing that. Um, it's fun. It's fun to, to go down memory lane like that for sure. I love it. I, I love sometimes there are some things that you wish you could erase, but that's, yeah. that's, that's the name of the game, man. Songwriting is kind of like that yeah. because you're, it's a reflection of where you are at that yeah. stage in your life. So it is kind of like a diary. Yeah, it is. Everyone and, gets and, to read it. And but... once it's out there, you can't take it back either. So yeah. you're like, you know, you better be kind of confident in the words that you put yeah. down and recorded because like, we all know how like cancel culture is going and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's, you can... Yeah, seventeen yeah, I, years ago, you said this lyric that. Yeah, makes me exactly. Feel this way. I mean, that's a real mm -hmm. thing that you want to worry. Like, you want to be on the right side of history, right? You don't want to be on the wrong side. So that's that's always just looming in the background as a writer. Like, I hope I said the right thing. You know, I mean, and I don't always say the right thing. I've said some pretty sarcastic, crass things, but yeah, honestly, they come from a place of love or humor. Mm -hmm. Never like, like zero zero. Uh, zero time for like discrimination or anything that's actually you know um on that tip but i mean i i can say some things that might be taken the wrong way yeah that's yeah. the thing with with your, when you're being satirical and it's taken out of context yeah absolutely like oh yeah yeah or even like 
just on stage. Like I say so much from the stage. Yeah, the and, banter. Yeah, and 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 a lot of it, a lot of the stuff that I say, if you just heard a sample of it without hearing the lead up to it, and just building that trust with the audience, and that, okay, they know that I'm, I just joke around at this point, and yeah, I say this town sucks. Because, yeah, because exactly. I'm playing up how awesome they are. Yeah. Like, I don't actually think that towns, even at, on yeah. the Thursday night show, uh, mm. just last week at Kristen's Art Gallery, I was performing. Oh, and yeah. That's, had yeah. a great sing along. It was just everyone in the room sang along. And I said, that was awesome. I played Wolfville last week and way better than them. Wolfville sucks. Yeah, exactly. And just the way I said it was obviously a joke. And I saw one woman, like an older oh, yeah. lady, and she's like, oh. <gasps> What did you say? What did I'm, yeah. call, I'm calling the mayor of Wolfville. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna we got a ban on we got uh, yeah. ban on the town heroes. And we love Wolfville. Yeah. I know, I know. Who doesn't? Wolfville's amazing. So it's just like apples just and wine. Little things like that. Like mm. and just and again, even you might say something you don't even mean, like just when you're cause you're you're just rolling. You might have a few drinks in yeah. you. So like I mean, yeah, so when we were touring Taiwan, like we uh, yeah. we brought it we brought the clock tower. We brought a little uh, like a little um, little dollhouse version of of the clock tower, the Halifax clock oh, yeah, tower, yeah. and we brought it around as, as a as a Canadian Haligonian symbol of good luck to yeah. all of our shows. <laughs> um, and we we came back and, we, and Kevin had edited and made a little video out of it, like a live video, because it was like it was called the Adventures of the Clock Tower. Yeah. So it was like all the places the clock tower went in Taiwan, yeah. and we we're like getting people to rub it at shows. It was in the phone booth and this and anything, but I said one thing. I was like, you know, this is. I was like, you guys have Taipei 101. It's like 110 stories. We have the clock tower. And if you rub this, like you'll get laid tonight. And they're like, oh no, we can't, we can't use that. Because I was like, it was like, yeah, no, you're right. That probably is not going to fly on a public platform. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I was just kidding, man. I wasn't like, you're not, you know, you're just I rolling, you know, I was like off the top of the dome. Spewing. I was like a couple yeah. beers deep. Everyone seemed to be like dancing, have a good time. And they were like, you know, looked like people were hanging out, maybe like couples were getting yeah. together meeting each other for the first time i was like yeah. here take a rub in the clock tower this is gonna be good fortune for your love Get tonight lucky. you know but it was like no that got shut down and it was a good video and that one little thing ruined it yeah. and we couldn't use it as like a promo video for like halifax tourism or anything like that because of yeah. that one line that i said you know you learn you gotta be tight-lipped but at the same time i'm like you know what too bad i don't know. <laughs> like i have we were just having fun. Yeah. Fun's allowed, so yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the the way like obviously you couldn't use it for a tourism video saying no, that, but I you know. could use it for something probably. No, you could use it for something <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah, yeah. What was the tourism? Yeah, I know. I, I, I know, and it was completely offside. And I was like, Kevin, we shouldn't have edited that in there. He's like, Well, yeah, well, you shouldn't have said it. I'm like, Well, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But I mean, it wasn't crass. I did. I did only use. That the the word late i didn't use f-bombs or yeah, anything like that yeah. i wasn't being gross but, <laughs> but you know whatever it is what it is but yeah i guess that all goes back into being careful what, what you what you say out loud and what especially the stuff that you write and record it's forever mm. once you're done you're well, leaving you know, your mark mm -hmm. or you can paint a picture once you paint something it's painted and if it, if your painting gets captured on a digital camera and someone takes a picture of your painting well then you no longer have the power over who sees that anymore. Yeah, like the you, digital world's weird. Thankfully, yeah. I'm an abstract painter, so I can just be like, "It was a kitten." You guys. Yeah, I can see. I, mean, I can see all these beautiful paintings on the walls. I can see it like that's kind of like looking in the clouds. Like, what do you see? Like, exactly. Yeah. So it can like, be always, always positive. Hmm. 
Absolutely. You can never, yeah, you can't be wrong, man. You are safe. <laughs> Tapped in. I'm going to get into abstract writing. A- abstract ra- Abstract rapping. I feel like rap is kind of abstract. Okay, it is. I have a question. I don't know if it's even possible to answer this because you have spent your entire life inside of your brain and no yeah. one else's. Sure. But for me, like, r- rapping, it must require just so much brain precision and thinking ahead especially if you're freestyling well, yeah, and i'm so yeah. curious about the mm-hmm. intellect or or where that function maybe differs from people that just can't go there you know i think that everybody can't go there to start because freestyling it's really hard like it's one thing to write but i can sit around and i can take all the time i need to craft a perfect line mm-hmm freestyling is that way, you're then memorizing and this is your show freestyling is way tougher like i mean you're talking about off the top of the dome i'm walking them back to the home blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and so i mean i don't think i mean there might be some there's there are always some natural freaks of nature out there that are just born good at something but with with freestyling that is, that is that is a learned skill and everybody sucks at it to start same as guitar i mean unless you're you know once again a natural born but like rap for a year you don't have much in the repertoire um you don't have much ammo but like do it for 10 years and keep doing it and keep doing it then all of a sudden once you're rapping um yeah it takes less brain power to think of a rhyme word eclectic hectic mess with stepped it uh you know I, I stepped in you know, so yeah. you have the, you, all of a sudden your rhyming word, it's not that hard to come up with. And what's hard is, is to string the sentences together. So if I'm rhyming hectic and mess with, like, I already know I'm rhyming those words. Mm. It's, it's how am I going to string it together? Mm. I'm sitting in the room. This podcast is kind of hectic. I'm looking in Mike's eyes. He's someone I don't want to mess with. <laughs> like, so yeah. I knew I was doing those two lines, but you got to string it together. So that's just practice and skill. Such it's, a it, good explanation. It's tough. It's tough, but it's 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 practice makes perfect. And the, and the more rhymes you learn to word to get, uh, you learn to rhyme together, the easier it gets. And are you, you actively um, working on your vocabulary? Yeah, yeah. Um, but so that's the other thing. Like vocabulary is like there is a finite amount of words in the English language, right? So like perfect rhymes just don't exist because every every actual rhyming word like by definition has been used mm-hmm. so you've got to become flexible and rhyme things that don't necessarily rhyme mm-hmm. approximate they're approximate <laughs> rhymes like uh, approximate and i'll dock with it mm-hmm. is that like um this rhyme is approximate i'm on the fireboat i'm gonna go dock with it yeah uh, it, is i mean does yeah, it kind of does rhyme yeah. but once you string the sentence together and you put on the beat it sound the rhyme is satisfying enough that it sounds like a rhyme mm. but yeah so vocabulary is good you need vocabulary but you need you need um creativity in the sense of like making words that don't rhyme rhyme <laughs> you're kind of just bending a little bit yeah bend words to your will because there's no two words that that actually rhyme that haven't already been rhymed out there mm-hmm. like there's just i mean there's seven billion people I mean, a lot of them are rhymers now. Rap's been going on a long time. A lot of songs have been written. Like, you're just not rhyming words that's, oh, my God, that guy just rhymed those two words together. I didn't think of that. Like, <laughs> like it's you got to kind of put an angle or a spin on it. Mm. 
And yeah. what are some of the what would be some of the spins that would separate people? Is it speed? Is it speed is one thing, but speed's hard to follow. Like, uh, like you know, Eminem. I mean, speed is impressive, and it's very technical, and it's hard to do. Um, but it, it's very impressive. So if you, if you're a double time rap and, you, and you're just mm-hmm. firing them out, that's impressive. Um, content's impressive. Voice is good, and like flow and rhythm is a big thing for me because i i'm a flow and rhythm kind of guy so that's where i like to fall i mean i love mcs to just shred it but if you give me an album with 15 tracks and you just like 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 for 15 tracks i'm like all right man like chill out yeah i need a nap I need now. <laughs> like, like let's get a little bit of bob and weave and a little bit of flow and rhythm going on in there so that's mm. that's kind of like where I, I like to fall in i i uh, every now and then i'll do like a little bit of fast Rhyme like maybe here and there, but for the most part, I I rhyme simple words, man. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I'm, I'm like oh, I'll rhyme bat with cat, but it's like I'm trying to the voice and the what what I'm saying in between. Why I rhyme bat with hat? What am I saying about bats and hats? You know, that's 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 the content and you know the delivery and the flow. So that's kind of where I fall into. Um, that's where. I fit into the the broad category of emceeing because there is a bunch of different types of talents of emceeing out there. Hmm. So three sheets playing all these bigger shows, the albums aren't kind of hitting where you want them to. You're getting yeah. a little bit older. Yep. What? What was the decision to kind of yeah to change things up? Well. I mean, we, after 10 years and after like the, after doing well and all that stuff, I mean, we, we all had lives that were just kind of getting, growing legs, right? Yeah. Um, everybody had a life going on outside of three sheet at that point. So it wasn't like, you know, we all got in an argument one day and said, we're breaking up like yeah. the Beatles. We were like, we got about a year. We got this, like, this is our last album. Hard to make it perfect. Let's, let's make this our last album. Let's. Uh, we'll put it out, we'll release it, and like we'll do these last tours. We'll do our last like last shows at our our favorite places across the Maritimes, yeah. and we'll put it to bed. And that was kind of what you know. It was known. It wasn't. It wasn't a surprise. It was announced, and we were like, "This is it." I was going. I mean, our last show was in August of 2017, and I started the fire department in August of 2017. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was just from one to the next, and yeah. Eric was in a sushi restaurant with his partner and Vanessa had a growing boy and um, Ryan was, you know, moving away at some point and Kevin was, you know, doing his thing and everyone just kind of had their lives growing. So it was, it was, it was, we gave it our best. We gave it our all. Like we left nothing on the table Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we were satisfied with that. We would have liked to have like become world famous. Yeah, and, and toured the world forever. But you know what? In hindsight, I don't know if we could have kept that up, man. Mm. That was exhausting. And just we had those reunion shows earlier this year. Yeah, and and that was fun. And we did a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and yeah, I was like, man, that was hard. Like play, and we weren't even playing till two in the morning like we used to. Like we played till midnight mm-hmm. and shut it down and played the Carlton again the next night till midnight, and then. Played till midnight on Friday and then had to get up early and go to St. John and play another gig there. And I was like, man, getting up early and then going to the next city, setting up sound check. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I could have 
really realistically just done that forever anyway. So I, I'm happy where it is now. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I think everyone else is happy in their lives. And now we can just like, now we can go back to having a lot of fun with it. Uh, we, we, we didn't play for six years and now we're kind of like thinking, Hey, maybe once a year we'll do a yeah. reunion show. And if we can you were given the opportunity today mm -hmm. to make it in the yeah. way that you had in your mind, then would you, would you do it now? Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, how, how can, who can say no to that? Right. I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard uh, thing. Cause I, I even, you know, like Mike with your career, you, when we first started dating, you were, you would go away for five or six weeks at a time you were right. on tour. And now kind of like you're describing yeah, absolutely. that maybe isn't as appealing. Like oh, I'm a bit older. I'm tired. Like I don't sure. want to sleep on somebody's basement floor. Yeah. And I'm 40 now. And, yeah. and I don't know if I got Things time. Things work no, different. No, no. It, it, like you said, it have to be in a make it situation where it's like, yeah, I'm sleeping in my own hotel room. Like I, Jimmy and, Fallon's my neighbor. Yeah, and... I'm like hanging out. I'm going on big talk shows and everything is just like the road is paved for you wherever you go. That's that's what that's easy. That's easy, <laughs> like, exactly. But I mean, would I go back to the grind again? I don't. I can't say that I would. Yeah. yeah. But if they were like, if someone Rick Rubin came along and was like, hey man, I'm going to produce a three sheet album for you guys, and it's going to go crazy mm -hmm. uh you just come down to new york or la and we're gonna record yeah. for you and you're gonna be rich and famous and like all right you'd have know. to say yes yeah. sure yeah. <laughs> Rick gonna do it. but yeah. it's a curious thing about dreams though because they shift and evolve as we get older and our life changes yeah and absolutely with some people they have families or new careers mm -hmm. and it's it's this weird kind of decision or negotiation that you make with yourself. Of course, yeah, internally. And I mean, I have a wife now. We I just got married in June and but uh, she's Congrats. She's thank you. And she's a super fun loving soul. So if that opportunity came that would be all right cuz she'd be like she'd be coming with me whenever she could and she'd be a part of the fun and the joy and we don't have kids. So, yeah, but I mean, if we were sitting around with a 1-year-old and a 3-year-old yeah, I, I can't say that I'd be like, okay, I'm going to leave you for a couple months now and go tour the world. So yeah, I probably would say no, but in the current current climate, yeah. <laughs> I would be like, hell yeah, let's go. And you just have you just made peace with that being such a amazing part of your life and that this yeah. is just a new chapter for 100%, you? hundred percent, because I mean, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I mean, I feel satisfied in my career now with the fire department and now I, I, things are going well there. And I have, you know, dreams and aspirations moved into that uh moved into that career in my life and that and the music got me hired in the fire department in the interview in the end you know and just mm -hmm. when i was like you know just when i was like you know like we were talking about three she coming to an end it was it's bittersweet it, i was sad you know my university degree didn't hold up because i was doing music so i didn't stay relevant so i would have had to go back to school and re-up and i was just like Man, what the f did i just do with all my decisions, I just made all the wrong decisions. Like it wasn't right. But I mean, didn't I get into that fire department interview hmm. and uh, didn't want to tell them I was a rapper because I just didn't think that would sound good in a panel in an interview <laughs> trying to be part of the fire department, but I had to tell them. And um, the executive fire officer, gray hair, 60 year old guy, glass eye, one's looking left, one's looking right. I mean, this guy's an old Dartmouth hardcore firefighter guy. Yeah. He's like, beating it out of me finally just gets me to tell him like yeah i mean okay i'm a rapper okay i'm a rapper that's what i did i started this group called three sheet and he just stops me right there he's like look you're in three sheet i said what do you mean he's like you're in three sheet i was like yeah i mean i started that was the live band i started he's like i was listening to your 
to your CD in my car on the way to the interview today. I had no idea. No. They were in the band. Way. I was like, get out of here. He's like, yeah, you got that song about your dad. About your dad, now you know he's Jewish and lost family in the Holocaust. He's like, you wrote that song? I was like, yeah, I wrote that song. And then he was like, man, I'm showing the panel your YouTube videos. I love your music, man. And bubble boom, boom. And then didn't didn't that come full circle? And you know, my my music got me this new career and paid dividends into a new a new life. So Incredible. in the end, that's crazy. Yeah. How did he? How did he come across? Well, I, th- he, I think he had a couple of daughters that were big fans of the band, so yeah. they came out to a couple three sheet Thursdays or something like that. And I don't know, but like uh, somehow he got a he got a hold of the CD. I think yeah. maybe they gave it to him, but he actually liked it. So he listened. You know, he liked the family track that or something yeah. like that. And I don't know, man. He liked it and he liked the band. And he saw us one day. He was like, "Man, I saw you guys play. Like, you guys are great." I was like, "Wow." <laughs> you know, like you think you have a demographic until you, yeah. until yeah. someone like that comes to you and you're like, holy cow. It's such a good lesson yeah. in being yourself too. Yeah, and like not judging who you, what you think other people want you to be. This 100%. happened recently. So the art gallery I'm in, I'm renting from, it's in a church hall mm. and the congregation are kind of more seniors and there's six of them. But I rent from one of the men in particular that is on this congregation and you know, he kind of presents himself as what you might expect from a rural Nova Scotia church. Sure. Absolutely. Human. Yeah. And somebody let me know, not him, somebody that knows him, let me know, like, did you know that uh, Bob discovered the Town Heroes videos? Like, they're silly videos that they make. These yeah. Ridiculous, oh, yeah. <laughs> which are great, by the way. Which are amazing. <laughs> like, bird, like, there's cursing and, yeah. you know, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And he and they were like, he loves them. And this was kind of the icebreaker that <laughs> yeah. we had with this ch- aging church congregation was the Town Heroes figure skating video and like they had gone down the rabbit hole of watching all these YouTube videos. And I thought to myself of all the things for us to connect on, I never thought that this would be it, but there you Uh, go. There you go. Like, yeah, some, some church going rural guy, like just checking out the town heroes, like, (laughs) like crass humor video, man. But but I'll just say on on the side note, like, yeah, like you guys are great band and all that. But I mean, those, like you guys could do music tours and then you could also just be on like, like you could, you could easily just do like just for laughs, or like you could just do you, like whatever. Like you could be a Canadian TV show for sure. <laughs> a hilarious com- like like new kids in the hall. Like you, you're like that caliber funny. So just want well, to put that out there. Well, I trying to find a way to kind of monetize that a little bit. Yeah, dude, uh, you should because yeah. I you can because it's not like it's like. It's not not funny, man. It's like genuinely knee slapping, like gut wrenching, <laughs> ab workout funny. Where I'm just like, <laughs> my 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 stomach hurts after some watching some of these videos. It's so funny. You guys are Thank a you. riot, and so different than your music. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you guys. Uh, yeah, you guys. You guys crack me right up. Yeah, you you got to figure out how to balance the two at times. It's uh, you're walking a fine line there, but you know, it's, it's who we are. So, well, yeah, I mean, now you got like, she's, I mean, you got like even the Gala award show for like Nova Scotia music week or ECMAs, they should just straight up hire you guys as like the hosts <laughs> and just run with it. And like, you know, you guys would play a song at the end of the night or whatever, but like, or play songs in between during the set. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I was executive director of any of those, I'd be all over that. I can but, see this in your future yeah. hosting actually. Yeah. You'd be a great host. Absolutely, man. They'd be, especially as a duo, you'd be great. You'd both be a great host, but as a, as a team, you guys would even be better hosts. Like it would be like this, this dynamic duo musician 
comedian kind of duo, which yeah. I, I'd be all, I'd be all over it. I haven't said like, this to you yet, Mike. Because well, so Mike and I were actually nominated this year for a Music Nova Scotia award for the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Very exciting, and obviously hope we win. But there's part of me that is already mortified by the idea of having mm-hmm. to go on stage, particularly with Mike, who's oh, just yeah. such an a pro. <laughs> at ease funny everybody loves him and i will get up there and be dry mouth and shaking and the opposite of cool just trying to take a sip of the water yeah like i'll break the award or so i'm kind of like whatever happens is is good like it'll be a relief probably if we don't win you know know what though if if anything like that did happen it would also be really funny so like it would just i'm willing to be laughed at it would be perfect you just work it into the script that's right drop the award point out your own flaws and then no oh, one yeah. else can do it for you. I've never you. seen anyone drop one yet. Oh, good. No, not yet. No, 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 no one's dropped one yet. They are crystal. It would be kind yeah. of curious to see what would happen. They're different now, eh? The new ones. Oh, yeah. The, I've seen a couple of ones. ones. I, I, uh, the one right there, actually. I, oh, yeah. There you go. There, there, yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. You know why I haven't seen any of those new ones? Because I haven't won any. <laughs> hey, three-sheet new album coming yeah, out. Yeah, actually, so. you know what? We could probably... Um, we get like there's a loophole in there because I mean, but these songs are completely new and reproduced. I, yeah. I, I will yeah. look into maybe try and get in yeah. the, the Resheet album uh, nominated. Nominated. We're definitely going to win New Artist of the Year, but we can uh, maybe maybe we can get a another like I don't know lecture. I don't know something in there. They, uh, uh, yeah. they, they digitally remastered they limited, Artist of the Year. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a popular one. Recycled yeah. Artist of the Year. <laughs> 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 you guys though the year that you guys won uh best band in the coast yeah and we had vanessa on the podcast quite a few months ago now but oh, yeah. i i we talked about the photo from that cover of That's the paper right. yeah i couldn't tell you a single other winner in the last 20 years of that award but i remember that photo it was, that was excellent a good one. i studied that and uh yeah, I mean, he had the air blowers wheeling the wheeling the sheet music around, and it was that was that turned out to be a pretty good photo. I actually, I mean, I shamelessly got that framed and put it on my wall. It's yeah. still there to, to this day. It. Like, it's yeah, epic. It is a good photo. Uh, yeah, that was that was really fun, and that was for that album sheet music. Yeah, which yeah. is not even available online right now. But, mm, get know, it out. We took it down for some reason because we weren't comfortable with it. Right, like. Mm. We were like, and then we were like, let's redo some of the songs and put them on the new album and, yeah. and kind of just take that one down. But and now we're like, man, get that back up. So yes, we're putting it back up. We're going to get it back up. We're yeah. going to get all our old stuff back up. But right now we're in the process of, of releasing these uh, new resheet. It's called resheet. I think I already said that, but yeah, resheet records, uh, re- uh, recordings. So we'll start with that. And then uh, after all that's said and done, we'll put the relics of sheet music and the other albums up back online as well. Well, the nice thing is that you can do this however you want to, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like we're, uh, you know, handcuffed by some contract yeah. that we, you know. Yeah, like, is there some freedom knowing that you're not on oh, this pursuit the right most now? freedom. I mean, there's, uh, yeah, the, to be liberated from the, the pursuit of, like, the dream was very, it was very freeing. Absolutely, 100%. Because, like, you still have, you still have, uh, your your history and you're proud of it and you did what you could and, and you made you made a you made some noise and you can still go do it it's not it's not like you know it just turns off right but at this point it's like yeah you know what? I'm I'm making an album right now I'm writing one it's uh, produced by Rick Butilla 
Bootlier uh, from No Issue, the hip hop band from So Shore. We're just making an album together, you know? And it's just like fun. I just go down to So Shore, we go into the shed, we turn on the music, and we start recording. And uh, yeah, when it's done, it's done. And I'll just put it out when I put it out. It's just like, it's it's very free. And it's like, yeah, the, the, the stress of it is gone for sure. Any stress that there ever was is gone because mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, you don't have that, man. We got it. We gotta make some noise, man. We gotta mm. sell some tickets. We gotta, yeah. we, we gotta turn some heads. Oh, it's a pressure for sure. Oh, it's yeah. huge pressure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's nice to be free from that, mm. but also still do it. Well, it's nice to hear that. I'm yeah. happy that you're in that place. Yeah, it's yeah. Very, you just I'm got happy. married. I'm you're happy. loving your job. We Life is dog. good. I got a new little puppy. Oh, Sweet. Nice. Yeah, puppy, a wife, a home. Well, not a home. What's Sorry, your wife and puppy's names? Uh, it's Kate, mm -hmm. and uh, my my puppy's Queenie. Uh, uh she's a spring they're interchangeable man. then yeah <laughs> they're both divas no <laughs> uh oh i'm in trouble <laughs> don't put that part in no no but i uh, know uh queenie's like this she's this wizard of a little springer spaniel dog she's only four months and she Cute. just she knows crosswalk signal signs now like mm -hmm. already like i'm just because i always sit her down at the crosswalk and then i always go when, when the noise goes mm -hmm. and now like she goes before she she waits for it and then she goes when that it goes it's like I mean, when she's only four months, ah, oh, man, I feel like a proud father just bragging mm -hmm. about my, she's going to be in university one day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's going to go far. We yeah, brag about how good our cat is to hunt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a good killer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, your cat would kick the snot out of my dog. I promise you that. <laughs> she, he, she just got beat up by a cat there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So, um, she, but she's very passive and submissive. So she, she just lays down whenever someone or anything approaches her. She's just yeah. like, Ooh. we'll have a play date. Yeah, absolutely. I should have brought her. So she would have shut up though the whole time. Did uh, anything in music prepare you for your career as a firefighter? Now, no, not really. I mean, well, yes, okay, um, yes. Speaking, public speaking, yeah, um, being comfortable with an audience, yeah, right. I mean, because you go into that panel for the interview, you're you're in front of people and they're looking at you and they're waiting for you to say stuff. So, yeah, public speaking for sure. Um, you know, there was even along the road a few times where some people had messaged us that were in really t tough times and like in, in their life, like, uh, like a, a guy that was deployed to Afghanistan, another girl that was like, uh, just like suffering through her own personal issues and just sent messages like how like the music changed their lives and helped them like the lyrics yeah. and that, like that kind of like, uh, when you hear that you help someone it's it's addictive almost like it's like it's not altruistic like you want to help someone but like when you hear when when you help someone it feels good and if like if you're if what you do helped someone else that was like that's that's like very like wow like this guy was like same and he was like in a very dark time like ready to do some not good stuff and mm -hmm. like you know just being a part of his turnaround story uh, that was like, yeah, that's like really moving. Yeah. And I mean, I kept that in mind when the firefighting came up. Cause I was like, yeah, this is a chance to like, you know, help people. And yeah. I know what it feels like when you do. Yeah. So if I can like every now and then help someone, cause like I said, it's not like I'm going and helping people for 24 hours here, yeah. but you know, every time that you do get to like help someone and kind of make a, make a, make a left turn, you know, and, and get, get them out of a, out of a ditch. It feels really good. So yeah, yeah. It, 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 the music did have a little bit of a, played a little bit of a role in that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's the Prepa- common thread. Yeah. Uh, that's really beautiful, actually, yeah. to, nice. to see that consistency throughout your life, that that's, that's what's meaningful to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, Lord knows I've made a lot of people's lives hell probably too. So like, I don't want to say I'm like an angel here. Uh, my mom would probably not agree, but no, like, yeah, no, absolutely. It's nice. That is the common thread. And it's really, it's really nice when you make a difference for someone. That's just like, right. That just goes all, all goes back to yeah. what we're doing and why we're doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? We're not, 100%. I'm not making tunes so I can go back and listen to my tunes, right? You know, neither none of us are. Mm-hmm. And you're, and you, it feels good to paint your paintings, but like when someone else sees it and feels beauty in it and it brings a tear to their eye, like that's like totally probably got to be like, yeah. you see someone welt up looking at one of your pieces of work and you're like, my work is done here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming out. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, maybe someone's going to listen to this interview and that's going to happen, buddy. Maybe someone out there. Any criers out there? Yeah, maybe someone out there. um, They're probably going to be like, who's up? Who do they got this week? Who's who's that? Nah, we're, we'll wait till next week. Well, skip this guy. <laughs> oh, buddy, we're so glad you were able to do this. No, I appreciate you. you coming out, man. It's been, uh, you know, like I said, we go way back and, you know, yeah, it's man. been good to hang out on a different platform because it was always like, in sweaty, carrying sweaty dive bars, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sweaty dive bars, just like this yeah. is so so like that. Writing, yeah, yeah, yeah writing set lists down, trying to figure yeah. out what song to play. But no, it's awesome, man. I I love. Congrats on the podcast, guys. You know, Thanks, I mean, man. following your dream. You know, following what makes a difference. You know, uh, try try one episode at a time. Here, one so. episode <laughs> at a time. You never know. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's no doubt. Out of all the episodes, someone's going to hear something. Someone say something one day. And, It'll be on this podcast and it'll be like, it'll make a difference to them. And you know what? You probably won't even know it. Like you don't get to know the difference that you make. You just like the ripple in the pond, right? Like the, the pebble that was thrown in the pond that goes to the bottom, doesn't know that the ripples that he made is still going towards the shore. Like it's like, you you just got to just throw it out there. Well, trying to be all super. Thanks for, uh, being you man and we're proud of you like uh, thank you like i've always looked up to you guys as musicians and three sheet gave us a a chance to develop our chops and just kind of meet a lot of people and just be inspired so many times so watching you perform throughout time and even just a few months ago when we were at the the uh, show to Carlton that was yeah. just uh, amazing. It, it brought back so many memories and so that. fun. I love fun. that. I love that you guys yeah. came. I'm sorry we didn't get to talk, but I mean that was that was that was fun. I liked mm. the the stage there too. Was low enough that as an audience member, you kind of feel like you're in the show. You're right there, exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, like you, we're we're eye to eye. Like come up and let's have, let's let's discuss this. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're right there for you. Yeah, it's, it's a blast. And, and yeah, we look forward to hearing the uh, the resheet on uh, online. Yeah, absolutely. So check we'll that out. Stick the links and, up uh, there, and you know. So where? Yeah, where can people? What? What? Where should they go? Right. So um. So uh, if you want to check out the resheet stuff, um. E-M-C, just capital E, capital M, capital C. He's got a YouTube channel. So if you just go to YouTube, you type in E-M-C. I think it's I think it's E-M-C music or E-M-C underscore music. But if you type in the in the search engine, E-M-C, resheet, three sheet, it's going to come up. You'll see the resheet. Speaking of tapes from earlier, it's a tape with uh with all the with all the tape out of it and trying okay. to be wound back up. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, you'll find it there. Subscribe to his channel. Um, 
Also, Three Sheet Resheet is on, Volume 1 is on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. It's on all of those platforms. Mm -hmm. So if you just want to hear the first volume, skip the YouTube videos, go ahead, check it out on all those platforms. If you want to hear my stuff, it's Expedite, E-X-P-E-D-Y-T-E. Um, I'm on all platforms, social and digi digital media. Two albums on there. And... uh yeah, that's that's pretty and much it. And if someone wants you to respond personally to their fire, uh, where do they got to <laughs> be located? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, just uh, shoot me a line at expedite at yeah. gmail dot com, okay. and uh, and I'll, I'll I'll work on catching the fire. And hope they live Perfect. in Dartmouth. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Just send me an email, and uh, yeah, we'll or call nine one one. Yeah, um, there you go. That direct line. Oh, uh, it's like yeah, you can call me on my cell, and nine one one usually yeah. gets me. Uh, usually, I mean. I'll, I'll answer a lot quicker if you call 911. I'll, I'll, I'll literally be at your door in five minutes. Yeah. Okay, bud. Thanks so much no, for being for here, man. You guys. Congrats. And uh, hey, let's do this next year. Definitely, man. We'd love to catch up again. Word up. It is the time for our introduction. Were we ever going to have an introduction song? Well, we have the jam playing right now yes i suppose it would be in competition with that That's like a jingle i was thinking the introduction here we are the podcast is over um, you're a shooting star there you go done <laughs> that's okay. it that's all i get to say <laughs> thanks for joining us matt and uh yeah, we'll we'll be back next week. Lots of fun things on the go here. Let's uh, let's uh, chat soon, buds. Okay, we Cheers. love you.